This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Ryan Tannehill, quarterback from the Miami Dolphins, and I represent the Fencider with the PH. How'd you guys get in to do that? Hello, everyone. Uh, this is your beloved hillbilly host, Duke. Uh, coming to you with the often, imica- often imitated but never duplicated Femicide podcast. Um, our usual cohorts, um, Kevin and Keith, are not available tonight. So it'll just be myself, James, our uh, wonderful producer. James, how are you? I'm good. How are you, sir? I am hanging in there, man. And uh, we've got a special guest host tonight. You all know him as Jason Scott. So, uh, hey, how's it going, guys? welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, no problem. It's always good to have extra voices to bounce stuff off and not, so that way the fans aren't just listening to me talk or something like that because who wants that? So, um, you can join in the fun. You can listen over on Blog Talk Radio. I believe you can download the show on iTunes. You can join in on the live thread on the fan side. And, or you can give us a call at 347-326-9461. So, without further ado, let's get started. Now, I talked to Kevin uh, earlier in the week. You know, you, you you all hear the intro that comes in, the little, it sounds like a blurry radio, and then Ryan Tannehill comes in. I told him we needed to replace that with the Cal Stanford uh, radio uh, or radio broadcast where the guy says the band is on the field. thought that would be kind of ironic and funny, given that the play that almost happened uh, – probably sent several Dolphins fans to the emergency room. So before we go into anything else, let's talk about that play. Okay. I'm going to ask the two of you on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being completely relaxed and 10 being freaking out, where were you when Antonio Brown streaked down the sidelines? I think I was somewhere between 15 and 20. I was okay. I was like, I don't think it's going to – no, no, not going to happen – and then when he cro- about when he crossed the end zone, I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. This is not happening. So I guess I was kind of – I was in shock from the whole thing, and I couldn't believe it was happening. And, you know, I'm an optimist, so. <laughs> yeah, and from what I recall, you know, on the game period, I think 
Um, James, I think you were pushing that there toward a 10 as well. Hello, James. He may have dropped out to pick up a call or something. So that's um, But anyway. Can you, yeah, that, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. I don't know what happened there. Okay. Yeah, so what did, uh, on, a, on the scale of 1 to 10, where were you when, when Antonio Brown went down the sidelines there? Dude, I thought he scored. I mean, the way, because, you know, um, you know, I'm sitting here watching it on my television, and I just, I, I just thought, oh, well, I mean, first I felt like I was sick, and then I just thought, oh, well, I'm used to this. <laughs> How many times have we thought we've won the game and then just get kicked in the groin? Given them, yeah. Metaphorically. <laughs> so, yeah, we kind of, yeah, we have the metaphorical, we know what it feels like for having uh, to Randy Starks in the pile. But anyways, um, yeah, that was definitely a gut punch moment. And I honestly, I, I, I did not stop uh, kind of freaking out until, you know, the CBS crew, the studio crew was actually talking about the game. At that point, I kind of realized, wait a minute, the game's actually over. This this happened. We won. <laughs> And to, even now, I, I do not like watching the replay at all. Um, because every time I do, I feel like it's going to have a different outcome. It, I don't know. It's just, and you know, when you really think about it, I mean, you're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, they have the immaculate reception. You, you know, you see all those highlight reel catches of Lynn Swan in the Super Bowl. You have the Santonio Holmes, you know, tiptoe in the back of the end zone catch. This is an organization that plays like that happened to. I mean, no one would have been surprised that just another legendary play and a long line of legendary plays, and the Dolphins just happened to be the victim. And by a margin of, you know, you know, half of a hair length, he stepped out of bounds. It was just such a small, such a small margin, and that was the difference between them having another epic play and the Dolphins winning. So mm-hmm. it's almost kind of like one of those, we aren't supposed to win games like mm-hmm. that. We're the Dolphins. We're supposed to lose those. That's how we lose. Yeah, we did. And it almost kind of makes you wonder if maybe, just maybe, this is one of those seasons where we're going to catch a break maybe, you know, catch some more breaks. I mean, I, I don't know. know anyway. Yeah, I, I, I'm still – I'm still a little upset because I feel like that last the the pass from um, Roethlisberger was a forward pass anyway, so they should have ruled it that, and that would have made it a lot easier for me to take because I was like, oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding me! Because I'll sit in the stadium and it's like third and nineteen. And I'm like, okay, here we go again. We're going to give up 19 yards, or we're going to give up 23 yards on third and 19 because that's that's how we roll on defense lately. So I was like, yet another case of the defense. And and it it didn't happen until he was probably past Clemens, and I'm like, oh, crap, this is happening. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, um, and I think that forward pass thing was kind of what was – what kept me from hitting the forward because I saw that and I was kind of, I don't want to say screaming to myself, but um, I was, my, my kid was over here kind of resting, so I didn't want to wake her up. But I was like, 
I was like, that was a forward pass, but that's gonna, they're going to review this and it's coming back. That was kind of, after it all happened, I said, it's coming back because that was a forward pass. So then they said he stepped out of bounds, and it was kind of like, okay, never mind. We're cool. Yeah. But you don't, but you don't want to count on it coming back on a, an official review because, you know, I've looked at all the videos and all the pictures, and I'm pretty sure it was a forward pass, but it's, I could see where they could say it's not conclusive. I can see where there's a possibility, given the 60 seconds that they have, to claim that it wasn't conclusive. If they had five, four or five minutes to look at it, then they'd probably go, yeah, it was a forward pass. But when you've got to look at the entire play, every part of the entire play, you know, including, you know, did he ever step out of bounds, you know, and all that, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Because they were, were going to stop motion on each of those, each of those passes to make sure everything was legal with those as well. And I don't know if this is reviewable, but if you go back and watch the start of the play, Antonio Brown was over on the left side, and when the ball was snapped, he was actually walking forward. Like, he, he took a step and kind of paused, but he paused kind of after the ball was snapped. So, like I said, I don't know if that was a reviewable play, but it was definitely, if it wasn't a false start, it was an illegal procedure or something like that, which since the clock was running, would have been a 10-second runoff thus the end of the game. So I think because of the chaos, the referees kind of missed that moment. And it was very subtle, but it that that could have thrown it off anyway. But, but um, yeah, at least, you know, that was just one of those moments that we survived. And, you know, so it, I'm done talking about it. I can't handle it anymore. So anyway, let's, let's move over to some of the other aspects of the game. So, um, yeah, this guy named Charles Clay, um, you know, Dustin Keller goes down in preseason, and we all thought the tight end position was going to be a mess. I mean, you had Michael Agnew, who was a no-show all last year. Deion Sims is a rookie. Charles Clay, Charles Clay has been completely inconsistent his entire career, and the guy is now on the verge of setting Dolphins records for the tight end position. Needs uh See, what is it? Fourteen more catches, hundred and I think it's fourteen more catches, a hundred and like fifteen or something yards, and I think two more receiving touchdowns, and he will surpass every Dolphins record for a tight end. So, you know, you know, t- tell me what you think about how you feel about you know what Charles Clay has done this season. Oh, I thought you said Kevin or Kevin. No, no, Sorry. yeah, I'm I'm asking both of you. Oh, okay. Um, I think, man, I think he's done more than more than I expected. Um, that last play, man, that was great. Um, him being able to stay on his feet like that, that was that was clutch. We definitely needed that play, and for him to come through at that time, it's yeah. What can you say about that? I mean. Yeah, I mean he was he was he was hit, and and, I, and I'll give him that that was a cornerback that hit him first. That was Cortez Allen, so he's gonna have a size advantage over a cornerback. Then Troy Polamalu jumps in, and you know he's gonna be a hall of famer. And so he, you know, they just don't miss those kind of tackles. And he he breaks out of it, and you know as that play kind of progresses, you see him get hit, and you think, all right, he's close to the first down marker with forward progress. They're dragging him back, and you think. He needs to just go down before he loses any more yards. Oh wait, he just spun out. He's in the end zone. What? 
it, it was just remarkable to see that kind of dedication. I mean, we we saw the you know the the play with you know, in the Chargers game where he just bowled over some people, but this was completely different because this took you know this wasn't just a, a bigger guy running over a smaller guy. This was this was a guy who was like I want it more than they do, and he scored. And if you look at it, he was top five in the league for the tight end position in terms of yards, receptions, and I believe touchdowns. So let me ask: Do you think Charles Clay to this point has done enough to warrant a Pro Bowl berth? I do. I, I at least think he deserves to be in the voting. Now, now, granted, this year the way the voting works is different because it's not done by conference. So he's going up against guys like Jimmy Graham and and uh, Vernon Davis and some of these other high, you know, higher profile tight ends, and those guys are very deserving. But right. you know, should, you know, when it's all said and done, should he should he get a Pro Bowl berth? Should he? Maybe. Um, I, I still think. I, I guess I kind of expect us not to get any Pro Bowl love. Because um, you know Cameron Wakes are Pro Bowler, and I I don't see anyone else even even sniffing it this year. Um, and, and you know not that I I possibly Brent Grimes now, Brent Grimes might might make the Pro Bowl this year as well. Um, I mean, do I think that more of our players are deserving of it? Yes. But I'm used to the kind of hate that we get down in Miami, so you know I kind of prepare myself for that. And and if it if it happens that we get more than you know Cameron Wake and Brent Grimes, awesome. But I don't expect anything. Well, and, and you know as far as the Pro Bowl goes, I mean I I understand what you're saying because it's you know we're winning games, but we don't have someone who's just taking over games. I mean Charles Clay is probably the closest we've got. Someone who's taking over games, and he's he's going up against a fairly loaded position. Uh, if it was done by conference, he would he would absolutely get in because I don't think there's anyone else in the AFC right now, with the exception of Julius Thomas, who has the benefit of playing in, in that offense with Peyton Manning, um, who who's putting up similar numbers. Um, Antonio Gates maybe. So I think if it was AFC NFC again, I think Charles Clay would definitely get in. Um, so, you know, just going up against some of those NFC tight ends is a little bit tougher. But another guy who could possibly get in, you know, you mentioned Grimes, and I think that's Olivier Vernon. And I know he's not on the fan vote, but he could get in if the, if the coaches can vote people in or however that works in. Yeah. He's, he's yeah, hey, 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 Duke, 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 yeah. sorry to interrupt. It appears that Kevin set the, uh, blog, the blog up, the blog talk to only run for 15 minutes. I'm just realizing that. So this is yeah. going to kick us off air in about 45 seconds. I've got to figure out how to get back in here, but I don't think I can reschedule another. I think we're going to end after 15 minutes. I'm serious. Oh, wow. I just realized it. I'm going to see if I can 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 reboot it. So for all you listening out there, we're going to try to get the show back. Um, So stay tuned. We will see what we can do. And uh, sorry for the inconvenience. All right, are we are we still on? No, I'm not it's, really it's sure. We're, we're, we're out now. Okay. Oh, okay. Well.
one. Okay. Now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O Rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Switch to Sprint Unlimited Basic, featuring TV from Hulu and 500 megabytes of mobile hotspot. Plus, for a limited time, get five lines for only $120 per month. Hurry to a Sprint store or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Offer ends 8-16-18 after 1-31-2020. Pay $32 per month per line for five lines without a pay. One Hulu limited commercial plan for eligible Sprint account. MHS reduced to 3G speeds after 500 megabytes per month. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new lines. Subject to credit and three activation fee. Video streams up to 480p. Speed maximums use rules and restrictions apply. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. Fullcast. I keep telling you, we're not Fultron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, Bears and video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Fullcast. It's not Voltron. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.